Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Just Is It. Turn the music off, turn the TVs down, put your kids to bed. You're about to get the sermon of a lifetime. My guest today is one of the most prolific and iconic creative directors and innovators out there in the music industry. If you don't know who she is, I will guarantee you, no matter what age you are, where you grew up, you will know at least one thing that she did. Whether it was seeing her on her TV screens and making the band, or seeing her work with artists like the Jonas Brothers, Lady Gaga, Missy Elliott, Whitney Houston, you name it, she has been there. Please welcome the iconic, yes, I said iconic, Ann Gibson, everybody. goodness it's so good to see you wait i think the last time we we saw each other i don't want to be bougie and all but we were crossing each other on the lot you were working on the four i was going to talk to megan trainer we had a mini little keek talking about everything coming up i have been holding these secrets for almost a year and a half now What's it feel like? What's going on? The book, there's a new TV show. What the hell's going on? You know what? I think uh, God's beautiful timing is going on. You know, the evidence that if you stay persistent in the dream and the call to the dream, that you get to the step where you live the dream. Step eight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream. I've always felt like you were a little anointed. You know what I mean? When you think about really what you're doing, you're not only living your dream, you're making other people's dreams come true. And it takes a big person to put their own egos and their own aspirations, not aside, but on the back burner to make someone else's dreams come true. Has it ever gotten in the way of your own journey? you know, working with these huge stars? I honestly believe that that is the one thing I do love to do, which is build superstars. And I love to understand someone's dream when no one else can see it. And I love helping that happen. I love holding the dream when no one else believes, seeing what's not there. Yes. And then creating it and watching it come to flourishing. That is truly my gift and a big part of what makes me happy. I think the business or sometimes the ego in the artist confuses it. Yes. And thinks that 
you know, I want or or you want or need what they have. No, there is the most beautiful sense of gratification and gratefulness when you understand how to build what's not there, how to look yeah. in the industry and create something new. That's a gift. And now I'm happy to be able to reach everybody, not just through the artists that I build and my art, but now with this book, I'm able to touch people directly and have them experience that same magic. It's interesting because when I go through the book and I look at some of the things very plainly that you point out, they're very universal because I find myself dealing with some of the same issues. For instance, yes, moving beyond the dream killers of your past, I think a lot of times people can't let go of experiences, of things they might have done, and they feel like those things are inhibiting their success now. Have you dealt with some of that in your own life? Well, I dealt with a lot that gave me the revelation for the steps. And I endured the challenge and I was able to persevere so that I could encourage you how to get through these steps that could potentially, and these experiences that could potentially block you from living the dream. So yes, I do encourage you to understand how to let go. Because sometimes those things that you went through you needed to go through in order to show you who you are. You're right. So I teach you to change the narrative. You get fired, a door closes. It's really telling you to take another turn, to embrace the fact that you have more to do or more to give. So there's more work for you to endure. So that is why it's important to let go what doesn't serve you anymore. Damn. And change the narrative. Yes. You're dancing your dance, not that person's dance who said you weren't good enough or who maybe created a situation where you had to experience deception or the lack of loyalty. Yeah. This is not your truth. This created a strength in you so that you could move on to be something bigger for more people, for, for a bigger opportunity. So we have to change a narrative. And that's what I inspire in the book. But a lot of people might say, look, we're not as brave. Like, you know, one right. of the things you talk on is act on your creative spark. That's something that brings you joy. But a lot of people might say, I can't pay my bills on that joy. So how do you find that route to doing something that you not only love, but that you can support yourself in? Totally. That's why I sustain it with some experiences I went through. I was at the diner until I got my first job. I talk about training in order to sustain you through these challenges. What you put in is what you're going to get out. Sometimes in this Instagram world, people want it overnight. Overnight Thank doesn't you. necessarily mean you can sustain a long period of time or you can elevate from level to level to level. So it's really about training to sustain the time you need to actually in become your dream and live your dream. So the joy I'm talking about is what you need to hold on in those tough times where you may be working another job until that opportunity comes. But yeah. you should never give up. You should always acknowledge that joy and do what is needed to, yes, pay your bills. But it's about training in order to sustain the opportunity that will come your way. And that once I got my first dance job, because I spent the time training 
and and creating the discipline I needed, I never mm-hmm. had to go back to the diner. This book, I'm telling everybody, if you're a dancer, yes, this is for you. If you're in marketing, yes, it's for you. This is kind of universal in the way it speaks to people really finding themselves and really doing their own two-step through life. Um, That's right. It's interesting because do you remember the time where you realized that dance was transformative or that it was your spark? Do you remember that first time? I told my mother, I well, I know that I was born to dance, so I believe I was dancing in the womb. She has Probably. like stretch, yeah, she has stretch marks on her stomach that my other two sisters didn't give her. So I know I was dancing in the womb. I think for me, dance was always uh, transformative because every time I did it, I became a better part of myself. Yeah. And then when I experienced my gift, helping someone else. You know, when I first met Missy and we had to do Rain, obviously with Danity Kane, with the Jonas Brothers, with Demi Lovato, with Lady Gaga, with Nicki Minaj, I understood that the ability to speak to their greater self through movement was not only inspirational, but it was transformative. And that there is a alignment with the mind, the body, and the soul. So yeah. the idea that you move externally, the story internally is a perfect alignment. How do you walk in the room? How do you go to an audition? How do you talk to your staff of dreamers or as an executive? Everything is a part of the passion you have towards the dream that you've been given. So the physicality of it is just a reflection of the internal conversation. You just named some of the biggest superstars in the world. <laughs> you I can't did? get over it. How you just said, the Missies, the Jonas's, that Pink Pink Tour, that VMA that I got for best choreography for Bad Romance, like those moments. How do you, because you obviously have, you know, the vision and artists think they have their vision. How do you meet halfway with somebody? Because it seems like sometimes it's hard for me, even in an interview, to meet halfway with people. Intention is everything. So for me, I understood early that really I do get connected with people that have a true global destiny, world changers. I I know that I'm called to superstars, called to, to changers, to prototypes, to archetypes. So with that being said, there is a period where we all need a champion. When I hear the music or I understand the intention of an artist, um, I choreograph from that place. I listen to where they breathe. I listen to what they want to say in their music, what they want to say in their manifesto. How do you want to affect the world? Do you want to just have one moment? Or you just want to be manufactured? Are you here for the fame? Are you here for the celebrity? Are you here for the effect that you'll have? All of that goes into my process as a visionary. So in the beginning, people are a lot different than when it actually manifests. That's when the change happens. And it's generally at that time that I'll pull back and move on. Because the hardest thing in this business for a lot of people is to remain truthful and authentic to what made you great in the first place. For sure. But let me ask you a question. If you meet an Uh, artist... And you're like, what is your intention? And they say, I want the fame and I want the money. As somebody who is a visionary, does that turn you off 
and make you go the opposite way because that person does not align with what you're trying to do? Or are you like, thank you for the honesty and I'm going to make you that person that you want to be? I've never experienced that level of open manipulation at the gate. It's something I find out later. So I generally am not attracted to that conversation because my intention doesn't line up with, I just want something that's rooted in nothingness. Yes. (laughs) I'm moved by my why. So I Mm -hmm. could not find substance in, I just want to be famous. I just want the money. Those things are an illusion. I'm really in a real strong why. So I probably wouldn't gravitate to that type of mentality, but I have absolutely no judgment for it. Yeah. Now your work ethic, look, we all saw making the band and we all saw Cindy's ass couldn't dance, but Cindy came back to that floor (laughs) every time and gave it her all even though you were going to stop that music and let Cindy know she wasn't trying hard enough. (laughs) I want to know, are you going after a Missy? Are you at the Jonas Brothers? Are you, you know, with Nikki? And you're giving that same intensity throughout that choreography and throughout that that practice. Are you, is that your method? Yes, obviously it is. It's like Phil Jackson, uh, the Chicago Bulls, they did not have an option to go halfway. Tom Brady doesn't have an option. He is great and he operates in that greatness and his work ethic reflects that. So with all of my artists, yes, it requires dedication, a commitment, a sincerity and honesty. What you put in is what your fans will get. It's what you'll receive. And I think the important thing now is about the experience. You can download a record, you can download so much, but you can't download an experience. And that Amen. requires, yeah, that requires commitment to yourself as an artist, as a brand, to the experience, to what you want to leave people with. It's so funny, like going back and hearing that you did Missy Elliott um, Rain. And I used to think about the moment where she was like in the camera and she was kind of moving. And you think to yourself, oh my God, Missy just is so dope. She just knows what's up. Like, you know, the trash bag's going, the camera's going in and out. And it didn't occur to me until a few years back that there is somebody there who is the middleman between Missy and the director saying, we're going to do this moment and we need this and we need that. And that person has been you for the last few seasons. How crazy is it that you've been a part of so many monumental pop culture moments throughout these, like, it's crazy. You know, like, it's so nuts. Like, I used to watch BET and wait for that video to come on. I used to get to school and be like, did you guys see you making a band last night? I went to the Pink Print tour. I fucking love the Jonas Brothers. You've been a part of my life. Can you imagine that that's like your benchmark that you've honestly made pop culture history time and time again? First of all, I love you because you are amazing. And I, I, ta- I tell you how great it is and how proud I am of you. And Every time I see her. You, right. To Every say- time I see her what it is you're doing because you're you're needed and this is all very necessary but i'm just grateful that you are there and i am here and we're able to even acknowledge that in every other profession in a lot of the sports it's okay to have a great coach like i always go back to custom auto with mike tyson or phil jackson and 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 they are everyone's always okay with a great coach for some reason yeah. in the entertainment business they're not okay 
so I'm glad to be able to sustain that so that it can be okay for people to understand that I exist so that you can have a confidant, a source of a collaboration with someone who helps bring out the very best in you or what's most authentic about you. I met Missy when she was in a girl group called Sista. And from the first time I met her, you know, my older sister always says, I came home and I talk about this one girl, Missy Elliott, who's a superstar of the group. She's the one, she's the one. And of course she never, the group never worked out. And then she became obviously Missy in the solo, but it's beautiful to work with someone like myself who understands the greatness and and understands how to bring out that very essence of you. So Missy and I have the, the most amazing connection and she's such an incredible female, so loyal. And I really appreciated when she gave me a shout out on her MTV grand extravaganza. Yeah. If you think about countdowns and BET and VH1 and MTV, everybody has that one Missy Elliott jam, if not 10 of them. That's right. When they heard it in the club, they went straight to the choreography. You know what I mean? Like you went straight there and you went to the the memory of the video and the visual and it all went together. It just makes me sad that, and I know this happens in your field prevalently, is that people sometimes try to hide the people that make them in order to feel like they did it themselves. You know, and that's what's so great about Missy is she has no problem acknowledging and we love her and we're grateful for that. But there are other people that are riveted by that theory. If I let people know, then that takes something away from me or that lessens my gift or my ability to be when really you have to do the work. You have to do the work. Exactly. No one can take that from anyone because not everyone's capable of running that race to greatness. Not everyone's capable of doing the work. So when they get into that insecurity, it is just the industry tripping them up. And I talk about it in my book, Finding Your Team, Staying Away from the Yes Agains. I inspire you to understand that it's okay to acknowledge those that help you be the very best version of yourself. And they need it. We need it to keep working and get gigs. For sure. And to educate, yeah. So it's all good, yeah. It's all good, you know. It's so crazy. I used to work, you know, Kyle Richards. When I started working with her, she had a daughter who was about 13 years old. And she was like, I want to go see Lady Gaga. And, you know, Kyle's like, yeah, I'm going to buy you guys tickets. We're going to get you, like, right up so you can see the stage. It'll be perfect. And I was like, look, if I'm going to bring your daughter to a Lady Gaga concert, we got to be in the pit. Like, she needs to experience it. We need to sweat. It's going to be crazy, but we need to go and have that experience because she needs to, she needs to experience a concert for a concert. And this is an experience. Like we're not going to see, you know, some country music singer where you can sit and clap and have a beer. Like this is it. Right. And I remember taking her to a concert. She is 24 and she still talks about Monsters Ball today. Like she's always like, I remember that time you took me and Shelby to see Lady Gaga. And I'm like, yes, I remember. It was like your first foray into an experience because going to see Beyonce is an experience. Going to see Lady Gaga is an experience. And you almost have to really get in there. How do you as a choreographer and an art director and a creative entity 
make sure the things that you're putting out is an experience. I think that's my brand. That's what separates me. You've got to remember, I met Lady Gaga when it was not what we produced, right? So she was brave and fearless and would do everything that I envisioned or would ask of her. And she would just put her whole entire being into the creative. The monster ball was me developing my brand, a theater in a pop arena. We both came from theater backgrounds. So she took very kindly to my vision and the way I wanted to tell a story. And we were very like-minded that way. Um, The monster ball is very special to me because it, it was both of our journeys combined, little girls, dreamers, you know, um, and the theater background and the experience is something that I still am very adamant about in my methodology today. When I take on artists, I tell them it's not just about the records. It's not just about uh, the Instagram or photograph. It's about creating an experience for your fan base, how they will experience the music and that yeah. can change them for the rest of the li- their lives. So it's really a part of my brand. I I create experiences, period, point blank. That's I'm who you are. 4D, 5D, yes. I'm a visionary. <laughs> so from the clothes to the rooter to the tutor to the stage to the light, if it's not an experience, I'm not just showing up to do moves or put on an outfit. No, I have to have an impact. My why is very important to my process. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When I watch the greats as yourself, there's an intention and then there's a why. Why has that why been so important to you? The why is who I am. The why opens the floodgate of creativity and opportunity. We're just, no one's just born here to do. We are born here to be. And in being, you affect the change. You complete the mission. You inspire, take us higher. And yes, there is an opposition where some people's whys are potentially negative. And that is just the opposition. But for me, my why drives the movement. It drives the vision. It drives the experience because I want you to be inspired. I want you to go higher. I want you to feel more powerful today than you did yesterday. I want you to know that you can get through the challenges, that you can persevere through the opposition and the oppression and the ignorance from someone else and that none of those things have to be your truth. So my why is everything to me because my purpose is built on my why. The idea that I want to inspire and, and, and transition people from a doubtful place into a confident place. I mean, girl, we saw you take five girls literally off a bus. Off a bus, honey. Off of a, off of a, a 
goddamn bus and literally whipped them into when Danity Kane came out. I had never, ever, you know, girls take a minute. Britney took a moment. She had to be in malls all the time. She was on a tour bus, you know, singing outside of Sears before Baby One More Time became a thing. You hear the same thing with the Jonas Brothers. But to watch, you know, for 10 Thursdays, you know, one year, to watch these girls come from nothing to the following six months, their single is blowing up and we all knew the, the choreography and we all knew first aid kit, you had to hit it. What's that like to see like from Doe creating something that big? And did you I know think, going into making the band that you, you and Diddy could do it together? No, I think the only thing Diddy asked me is that I wanna make a number one group. And so for me, when I see that challenge or that, call to arms, that's all I'm thinking about. We have to be number one. So what does that take? And what's the very best of my creativity that I can offer this situation? And so when people thought I was crazy and stuff, I was like, it was just the passion you need to put five strangers together yeah. and have them actually become a group. Yeah, now people may understand the process or the work that really went into that. But at the time, it was a lot of lonely times. It was a lot of uh, fighting to maintain the focus I needed to make them number one. So it was very lonely in the beginning of my career because I was not understood. You went viral before you went viral. Like, Honey! Boo cat, boo cat, cat. Like, we weren't even sharing videos at this point. We couldn't even take a video from our phone. Somehow everyone knew Google Laurie Gibson, boo cat, a boo cat cat, and it became this almost again another pop culture explosion that you didn't even realize was happening. Which is why you have to stay in your yes and dance your dance. Because if you constantly compare yourself to anyone else, you will miss the very greatest part of you. I had no idea that there was a boom cat in me. But I wasn't trying to be anyone else. I was really believing and trusting in my gift. And so it, it only confirms that we must dance our dance. And that yeah. no one can take away what's authentic about your imprint. Look, I'm not going to lie. If Diddy would have came up to me and said, I want a number one girl group in six months, I probably would have been like, you know what, Sean? I love you. I know how you operate. Like, you, when you say you want it, this is exactly what you want. And I know you're not going to stop at anything to do it. So I'm going to just exit. But thank you for the opportunity. Most people would run away from him because he is so intense. And when he means business, he means business. How do you, as a woman... I don't want to say survive because I don't think anybody's trying to kill anybody, but music is a man's world. He is one of the greatest. And I think the beautiful thing is I did sustain it and it did not defeat me or change me. And I danced my dance, you know, and I'm living my dream. So there's moments where you have to choose your dream over the idea that someone is bigger, badder or better than you. You have to yeah. stay the course of what you offer. And Sean challenged that in me every single time. <laughs> but I was like, you were on, you were auditioning. I was like, is she auditioning too? 
I'm still when he calls me. But again, I used to say to myself, use it, fight for it, fight for it, find it, find it. And so, you know, he helped me perfect uh, my gift and the greatness that God gave me. He helped me understand my true ability by applying pressure and obviously allowing me to rise as he applied the pressure. I have to say this. I'm going to go on record and tell everybody. If you made it through the Sean Diddy Combs College of, of managerial experience, bitch, you can make it anywhere. Everyone out of his camp is a success because that's all he wants from yeah. people and he expects from people. That's right. He definitely helps produce the greatest in people. And that's his truest passion. So if you know him like I know him, that is truly what he wants for anyone for them to realize their greatest potential and become it. I don't think anything was a bigger, like, like if you were a f-ing fly girl, you were the back in the 90s. Like, you couldn't touch, if you were a fly girl, like, girl, please, I'm a fly girl. Like, get out of here. What was it like for you <laughs> getting that call that you were gonna be on In Living Color and just, like, but did you, again, I keep on asking this question and I hate to ask it. Did you know walking in there with those high tops that this was going to be the No, I only knew that I had one can of tuna left in my fridge and I had no money and I had rent to pay. And I was living in New York and I flew out for the audition and there was no other option but to get that job. And when Rosie Perez came to me and told me, Lori, Lori, you got it. I literally went into the bathroom and literally went into the stall and fell to my knees. Damn. I cried a cry out to God. And that is why I tell people, if you don't believe, I'm going to tell you again. I'm a living testimony. I cried a cry because there was not an option. You felt it. At the very end of it. Yes, that's why I share that. It's like when there was no other turn to make, I had to get that job. But I was also prepared for that level of challenge because I had trained. And I talk about training to sustain the journey in the book as well, because it's important for moments like that. For you guys don't understand what it meant to be a fly girl. You were on the stage. There's five girls. One of them was Rosie Perez, who everybody knows, you know, well, fruits that start with the letter Q, what is a quince? You know Lo- Rosie Perez. Then you had Jennifer Lopez, and then you had Lorianne Gibson. Well, we were all, and Rosie was the creator, so she was the original choreographer, and Jennifer was actually the season before me. So we never danced as fly girls together, but we danced, and I talk about it in my book. Very early, I went to an audition where I met Jennifer and Darren Henson, who choreographed Bye Bye Bye. Yes. And all three of us became friends very early in New York City. We were all starving dancers. And it was amazing. And we all had clung together and fought for the eight count. And it was incredible. And we all made it. It's you know so, what I mean? it's so yes. dope. Yeah, I know. It's so dope. J-Lo is judging and living and Mother Boom Cack is judging and living. And that is such, <laughs> no, it's amazing. You know what I mean? 
come to think about it, I need to get us together because it's truly a testament, you know, dancing our dance. And we were 100%. all super strong about what we all wanted to do in individually and what our gifts were. And um, it was a special time. It was a special time. It's crazy when yeah. you stop and really think about it. Like, by the way, Darren had a DVD yeah. that you can buy. It's called Darren's Dance Moves. We yeah. all we all ordered Darren's Dance Moves. Like, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it totally is. And the fact that you're even allowed to have this opportunity to educate is amazing because, you know, if if I was like a young white male, female, or male, and, and 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 none of that affects me. It's just a reality of the level of perseverance that I had to have and still have as a black female. But again, like you're saying, the reality of the imprint on popular culture, of the receipts, of the facts. You know, Darren choreographed Bye 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 in sync. Like he he really did that, guys. You know, like behind that amazing pop iconic video was a really talented brother who's just exceptional and still exceptional. And obviously um, for me, you know, I'm excited about the new pop stars that I'm working on, but will continue to deliver. But it's good to know that you are educating people and letting them know that the visionaries are just more than just, you know, one dimension of the conversation. Yeah. You know, I too, before I got into this, pop world before I knew, you know, before I looked under the sheet, thought <laughs> that, you know, these pop stars were ready. Like they walked in and they were ready and an eight count was no big deal. And I'm sweating here. But when I unfolded, one of my best friends is Kassan. He's danced for Pink. He's danced for Beyonce. He's danced for Katy Perry. Mm -hmm. Dancers are working three months before an artist even sees the, the oh, drama, yeah. you know? Mariah may get the eight counts two weeks before we go to Vegas, but the six guys behind her have been working with the choreographer, making sure the show is tight, making sure that they're right. And I never understood how hard dancers work and how important body, mind, body, and soul is That's to right. them because it's a struggle. Because not not everybody's going to get one of those 10 spots at Monsters Ball, you know? And if you go to Monsters Ball, you're not going to be, you might not be on the next tour. You might not be on Joanne. Even though you were at Monsters Ball, it's, you're starting over from, from ground one again. Yes. Yes. It is a very tough discipline. And again, the limited understanding can kill a dream. You know, yes. people tell you the odds before they even see you dance. You'll never make it. This is not a real profession, you know? Yes. And Sometimes that kills someone's dream. And so it's important to understand. I understand what the odds are, but what's in me is bigger than the odds. What's in me is bigger than what came before me. And I have the opportunity to dance my dance. And so I'm evidence of that perseverance, evidence of that fight and evidence of the win. You know, my, yeah. game, my, my ability to create, we all need each other. And so sometimes, most cases, those artists need the visionaries to help them create the experience of their music and their ability to sustain albums and tours and, and different levels of reinvention. I know you have a lot of life left to live. So I have to ask you this. Yes. What's been the greatest experience you've had creating? 
Do you know what? I think there are so many of them because I'll never forget choreographing Hillary Duff and and seeing her dance a full eight count and her like telling me that she couldn't dance and seeing that happen. And then obviously with Big and then obviously flying Gaga in from every which way. <laughs> Good morning, America, bringing her in from behind the audience. Uh, putting her an egg. I mean, it just goes on, Nicki Minaj. It goes on, Puff Daddy. And the ideas that I have now with the new artists, I think, honestly, there's not one. I think my book. Oh, I'm writing it. Dance reading your it. Dance. Yes, is a whole judge. So I do not have one. I think every moment, whether it's just one light, getting that one light on Alicia Keys' right is the same as something is hugely extravagant, you know? Yeah. It's about the why. Damn. Yeah. You guys, I need you to look at this resume. I need you to buy the book and I need you to look at this resume because yeah. you are gonna go back in your life, whether you're white, black, 20, 30, 40, 15, you will go back and be like, oh, I had, I had no idea. I had no clue that you were behind that moment. We all still talk about the time she walked in with the egg. No one probably knew who was behind the scenario. That's like, right. I remember the first time she played me Born This Way and I freaking loved the record so much. And then I hung up and I called her back and I was like, Gox, I got it. We're gonna birth a race within a race, a race that cannot hate. And I was obsessed with prosthetics. I said, and they're gonna be, we're gonna be identified by the prosthetics. And then obviously yeah. out of that comes the whole extravaganza and she was incubating in her DNA. And so it's part of the whole why, it's part of the commitment to the experience. And look, every artist is different. It's also important when someone just wants one light, a mic and a song, and that's enough. But how does that one light hit you? And when does it hit you? And at what time? Do you open your hands during a ballad? How do you empower the notes and the messaging? You know, Whitney always did that. Like one time when I worked with Whitney and she she would open her arms Whitney. step by step and she would do her show. Listen. And I'll never forget looking in that camera and being like, what is that? Damn. When I was doing the Michael Jackson uh, tribute and I was dancing behind Jan, first of all, there's nothing like this woman in rehearsal. Oh, I can ah, imagine. Everyone sit down. She is. <gasps> okay, she so come. for everything in her walk, Next. children, in her walk. Yeah. So I was, oh. behind, I was behind her. And she, we were rehearsing, and Gil Dil Dulato, my my brother, my comrade, he was in the front. He's our choreographer, creative director. And um, I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm behind her with Tina Landon on the left, and I start walking towards the mirror. And when I tell you, I screamed. I couldn't even couldn't take another it. step. I took one step, and then I said, ah! Because <laughs> I saw her reflection in the mirror. She turned it on. She went into the zone. She went into the magic. And Ooh. I literally stopped. I was like, did anybody see that? She was like, what is wrong with you, child? Kim was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, excuse me, 
church. I put my finger up like as a church and I was like, did anybody see what just happened? <laughs> Janet walked. She took a step. She took a step. A step. Yeah. Need I say anything more? And we laughed and we keep deep, but this is the only way I could describe the power of the commitment and the dedication and the level of greatness that's in our culture and in music and that we need to regain that narrative and we need to expect that from everyone. A few months ago, you had for the first time four black women holding the number two spots on the Billboard Hot 100. You had Doja and Nikki, Beyonce and Meg Thee Stallion. As a black female creator, how does that make you feel knowing that that has never happened in the history of music? Yeah, I was like, it's about time. And I, it was twofold. Of course, I was ecstatic, but I was also like, listen, the shoulders that they stood on. Massive. Because the ones that should have had it and didn't have it because of the ignorance. Oh, I mean, listen, before any man's chart, we already had those positions and those spots were taken. 100. But yes, the acknowledgement of it, amazing. And so for me, from that point, just I, it just inspired me to keep pressing harder. Oh. Yeah. You guys, dance your dance. Eight Steps to Unleash Your Passion and Live Your Dream is out now. Please tell me you do the narrating on the audiobook. I do. You, I'm telling you, I already know you're going to give me my life every motherfucking morning like Dr. Ruth. <laughs> I do. I do. And I practice and I prepared. So when I need to encourage you, I do. But then I also have another voice for you. Oh, you give me Becky on the side. I give you dynamics. I give you what you need to feel the power what I have given to other artists privately. So I oh. especially love that I did the audiobook. yeah. I am in for this. Okay. Laurie, I'm so happy to, happy to have had you on Just The Sip. And I'm gonna end this with telling you how special you make me feel every time I see you. I will never forget that moment crossing that street with DJ Khaled coming out in that, in that convertible Maybach. And you and I were talking in the street, you held my hand. And it was one of the first times we had ever met. You made me feel like I was the next one. It wasn't what you said, it was the feeling that you gave me. Mm -hmm. And I wanna thank you for that feeling because I think about it quite often in my life. And I know a lot of times we don't do this for other people, but I, from that day on, I've always tried to give people their roses while they were alive but I'm giving a bouquet now because your ass, you gave me the Kanye West of roses that day. So I'm passing that on. And I want to let you know it's because of you. Thank you so much. I'll never forget that day for the rest of my life. Thanks. Because it's been a tough one. But the best part is, that, you know, I made it through. But I love you for having me on your show and creating this opportunity. So we'll continue to dance our dance and be who we need to be because there's so much, so much for us to do. We're unstoppable, so thank you. You guys, I'm not joking you. If I see this woman at a gas station, if I see her at a 
A-list rap party, if I see her on the lot at Paramount, because she's going to the four, she will literally stop me and tell me how great I am. I've never met, like the first time it happened, I was like, oh, I was about to come up to you and tell you how great you were. And just the way she makes people feel. The reason why you hear of the Jonas Brothers, you hear Nicki Minaj, you hear Lady Gaga, you hear the biggest names in music and in pop culture, you know, time and time again, working with this woman, it's because she makes you feel like you can do anything you want. No, for sure. It's crazy. It really is nuts. She's incredibly inspiring. Midway through, I was even like messaging with the team. I was like, preach. This book is not only for dancers. It's right. not about dancing. Right. It's about finding your rhythm within yourself and believing that you belong on that stage. Whatever that stage may be, it's up to you to believe that you belong there, but also here are the steps to making sure you stay on that stage. Yeah. In any in office, stage, bus, any, yeah. whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna do. And that's what I think Lorianne has done so well is she understands people and she understands their vision and what they want. And she can put her own ego aside and begin to transform people's visions into reality and make it sometimes bigger than they could ever imagine. That's totally true. Her words can apply to anything you're doing in your life, which she was saying to you. You better dance your dance. Mm -hmm. Gloria Gibson is the, the goat, okay? Yeah, she's amazing. By the way, if you were a fly girl, you were literally that bitch. Yeah. Like Keenan Ivory Wayne's, mm -hmm. his sister, Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx. Before there was Mad TV, mm -hmm. there was In Living Color, and it was almost the more urban slash fresher SNL. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't politics. Mm -mm. It wasn't heavy in pop culture. What it was heavy in is expression. Mm -hmm. And some of the characters, Wanda, that Jamie Foxx played, seeing Jim Carrey, they were comedic geniuses making comedy that appealed to everybody. And in those episodes, like you would go to a Laker game and you had Paul Abdu on the Laker girls right. giving you life for two minutes in a timeout, the Fly Girls took some of the hottest music on the streets and brought it to television and they were just dope. But yeah. I just, sometimes like, I know what artists do. I've been in relationships with artists. I've been with celebrity and they sometimes push the people who make them aside because they feel some type of way with that person getting the accolades he or she deserves. Right. And I think sometimes they almost don't want you to take credit and it could be really tough. But it's, and then it, which is crazy because it is a collaboration from everything from the dancing to the costume. It's all part of the puzzle that makes it incredible. We're talking about from Monsters Ball, mm -hmm. a tour to a simple performance with mm -hmm. Alicia Keys and a spotlight and a hand gesture. When you think about creative direction, 
it's not just for the flamboyant and for the fancy and for the most outrageous. It's the simplest things that touch people the most. I I mean, Lorianne Gibson, like her other predecessors, Alvin Ailey, Debbie Allen, like Mm -hmm. those people shaped those people who shaped pop culture and shaped what we know as on trend and and the music that we listen to and the artists that we are obsessed with. Darren was Darren Thance moves shaped the instinct that we love. We mm-hmm. still do the bye 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 videos. Like those things, I don't I don't know if we would be talking about Lady Gaga without the performance aspect of Lady Gaga. I don't know if we would no, absolutely you know, what I, mean? I don't know if we would know bye 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 if it wasn't for the movements and the things that other people brought to them. So I'm just happy that we had this conversation. Yeah, it was good. a new sense of renewal. Good. Go and get that book and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with a friend. Leave it in the comments section. And as always, I love you guys. You can follow me at the Lady Sitter. I'm on Daily Pop every day at 11:10 Central. And that's the end of our show today. And we'll be back next Wednesday with more Just the Fifth.